Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Shawls. Today we have part three of The Master Maid, and as I promised, things are going to start moving rather quickly, as the Master Maid is going to meet the Prince. Well, officially. This is The Master Maid, part three. Next day... The giant took him to the master maid. Now you shall kill him and boil him in the great big cauldron you know of, and when you have got the broth ready, give me a call, said the giant. Then he lay down on the bench to sleep, and almost immediately began to snore so that it sounded like thunder rolling among the hills. So the master maid took a knife and cut the prince's little fingers and dropped three drops of blood upon a wooden stool. Then... She took all the old rags and shoe soles and all the rubbish she could lay hands on and put them in the cauldron, and then she filled a chest with gold dust, a lump of salt, and a water flask which was hanging by the door. And she also took with her a golden apple and two gold chickens. And then she and the prince went away with all the speed they could. And when they had gone a little way, they came to the sea, and then they sailed where they got the ship. I've never been able to learn." Now, when the giant had slept a good long time, he began to stretch himself on the bench on which he was lying. Will it soon boil? said he. It is just beginning, said the first drop of blood on the stool. So the giant lay down to sleep again and slept for a long, long time. Then he began to move about a little again. Will it soon be ready now? said he. But he did not look up this time any more than he had done the first time, for he was still half asleep. Half done, said the second drop of blood, and the giant believed it was the master maid again, and turned himself on the bench and lay down to sleep once more. When he had slept again for many hours, he began to move and stretch himself. Is it not done yet? said he. It is quite ready, said the third drop of blood. Then the giant began to sit up and rub his eyes, but he could not see who it was who had spoken to him. So he asked for the master maid and called her, but there was no one to give him an answer. Ah, well, she has just stolen out for a little, thought the giant, and he took a spoon and went off to the cauldron to have a taste. But there was nothing in it but shoe soles and rags and such trumpery as that and all was boiled up together so that he could not tell whether it was porridge or milk pottage. When he saw this, he understood what had happened, and fell into such a rage that he hardly knew what he was doing. Away he went after the prince and the master maid, so fast that the wind whistled behind him, and it was not long before he came to the water, but he could not get over it. Well, well, I shall soon find a cure for that. I have only to call my river sucker said the giant, and he did call him. So his river sucker came and lay down, and drank one, two, three draughts, and with that the water in the sea fell so low that the giant saw the master maid and the prince out on the sea in their ship. Now you must throw out the lump of salt, said the master maid, and the prince did so, and it grew up into such a great high mountain right across the sea that the giant could not come over it, and the river sucker could not drink any more water. Well, well, I will soon find a cure for that, said the giant, 
So he called to his hill-borer to come and bore through the mountain so that the river-sucker might be able to drink up the water again. But just as the hole was made and the river-sucker was beginning to drink, the master-maid told the prince to throw one or two drops out of the flask, and when they did this, the sea instantly became full of water again, and before the river-sucker could take one drink, they reached the land and were in safety. So they determined to go to the prince's father. But the prince would on no account permit the master-maid to walk there, for he thought that it was unbecoming either for her or for him to go on foot. Wait here the least little bit of time while I go for the seven horses which stand in my father's stable, said he. It is not far off, and I shall not be long away, but I will not let my betrothed bride go on foot to the palace. Oh, no, do not go. For if you go home to the king's palace, you will forget me. I foresee that. How could I forget you? We have suffered so much evil together and love each other so much, said the prince. And he insisted on going home for the coach and the seven horses, and she was to wait there for him by the seashore. So at last the master maid had to yield, for he was so absolutely determined to do it. But when you get there, you must not even give yourself time to greet anyone, but go straight into the stable and take the horses and put them in the coach and drive back as quickly as you can. For they will all come round about you. But you must behave as if you did not see them, and on no account must you taste anything. For if you do, it will cause great misery both to you and to me, said she. And this he promised. And that is the end of the first week of The Master Maid. You can tell it is quite a story and quite a love story. And we all know what's going to happen at the next step. But it still is exciting, isn't it? This is Dan Scholes for The Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Audible, anywhere you'd like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com. We'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>